all the way up and you know what it is it's another wednesday with your boys on the faction that's right and i'm not by myself i have the founder and valedictorian the father of jackson and jordan mr atlanta mr mouth of southern honor wrestling gb you know, I need to take you on the road, man, do these intros, because this is quite astounding, man. I love it. I love well, it. Well, GB, you keep adding, to, you, you know, you, you when, when you are as gifted wow. as you are, we keep having to add. When we started the show, you didn't have Jackson. When we started mm-hmm. the show, you didn't have Southern Honor Wrestling. Yeah. I mean, so you just keep adding things to the repertoire. Well, I, I could easily say the same thing about you, Mr. Collective, Mr. Devo, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Traveling. You know, you took on uh, Ric Flair's 1984 schedule. Uh, <laughs> I, listen, I feel like I have over the next month. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe I will be laying my head in San Antonio four days. Four days. That is the schedule of the NWA World Heavyweight Champion in 1984. Absolutely. And you look at all this, and then we have our third partner who's been international the last two weeks. Yes. Uh, So we are literally the horsemen. We are the horsemen. We are. And the He's been traveling. Mr. John. John Murray, who's going to be, I think, here in Atlanta and like at the top of March or something like that. He's all over the place. You never know where John is. And and don't forget the Faction Junior Squad where Brother Jackson has been traveling as well. Listen, Jackson Jackson just got back from D.C. Um, So, yeah, you know, the the babies are moving. It's just it's just a great, great time. It's a great time to be alive. How are you doing, brother? Man, you know what? I'm doing good. I'm really enjoying San Antonio. San Antonio's had some cold weather. The city shuts down. Anything under 50. Me being an East Coast guy, I love it. It's yes. my weather. I have clothes for this. Yes. It's gray outside every day, but I can deal with it. So I'm actually doing okay. Tomorrow, I'll be in Oklahoma City. Yes. Oklahoma, where I'll actually see Brandon Clack. And I cannot remember the wrestling territory That's, for Oklahoma City. Uh, it's kind of mid-South-ish. That's mid south because it's right it's right above Texas. And you know, you would yeah, leave yeah. mid south to go down to Texas for world class. Yeah, uh, and you, uh, legacy of wrestling. Okay. You, many people have heard legacy of wrestling. That is the, the old territory here. Legacy of wrestling started by Jack Dempsey, Ed Strangler Lewis. Wow. Uh, they had a mixed boxer in a wrestling match, 1922. Owner was Joe C. Miller. That's crazy. So that's wow. old wrestling territory here. I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, look, if you guys missed our show last week, you missed a great one. Like, you just can't afford to miss any of the episodes of The Faction. Fresh off the heels of the Royal Rumble and all the super things, super cool things going on. You got to go back, check out our latest episode, which, of course, is available here at BonnerFiedRadio.com or, of course, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Today's a very special show. Courtney, tell them what's up for today's show. Welcome to the episode 200 wow. of the Faction. That's right, 200. I remember getting the call from GB saying, let's do a podcast. And here we are at episode 200 of the Faction here on Bonafide Radio. We'll talk NXT TakeOver Portland Fallout. Velveteen Dream made his return. NWA had a crazy brilliant announcement with the Circle Square Crockett Cup new location. 
Ruthless Aggression, Hulk Hogan, AEW is in Atlanta tonight, and we'll also talk WWE Raw. But to kick things off, you got to watch me shine. I feel like that's the theme song for everybody on our podcast. It's Bianca Belair's theme song by CFO. You're listening to The Faction on Bonner Fighter Radio. That's radio the way it's supposed to be. It's me, CGP, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. You're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. And that's not a bad thing. That, my friend, is a good thing. Bang! I'm on my own, against the wall. The pressure's building, but no, I will never fall. Instead of crying, they hear me roar. And now I see that I'm way better than before. I never needed you at all. Think I fall down, I'ma watch you fall down. I'm living large now. Do it. 
to the faction this is courtney that was watch me shine bianca belair's theme song by cfo gb give us the news all right so uh in an earlier episode of quick hits i kind of gave my take on nxt takeover portland which uh i think the world is still reeling from there were still other nuances uh, in NXT TakeOver Portland, and Courtney didn't have a chance to talk about it. So I wanted to uh, get your take, Courtney, on NXT TakeOver Portland. Um, yeah, I, I had something I was going to go for, but you do that, and then if you don't hit it, I will. So thoughts on well, NXT well, TakeOver you know, Portland? For, for, that, that's okay. For me, I've only seen highlights. I haven't sat down and had a chance to watch oh, the whole thing yet. So, so, so here's the problem. The highlights I've seen have been incredible, bro. And everyone's telling me they tore the house down, bro. Bro, hear me good. Between now and maybe your flight, or when you land tomorrow and you have some alone time in the hotel room, put on NXT Takeover Portland. I- I'm gonna have to because I could not believe Adam Cole left with the belt. Bro, and people are saying you have to watch you, this. You, you know what's amazing to me about the NXT brand, the NXT brand, and I said this on Monday, but it even bleeds into some of the new stuff they're doing. Their takeovers, their pay per view events have been the most consistent thing in six years in pro wrestling, and it's always good. I can't find any. And, and- Go ahead. And this Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa feud has been going ever since. Remember how it first leaked the end of that takeover? Yes. And then at the very end, he laid him out. Mm-hmm. That's been, what, two years ago? It's been at least two years. It was 2017, so we're almost at three years. This reminds me a little bit of the old uh, 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 Stone Cold Rock stuff. You know, you The can... old... 
old feuds. You could you could even go back to Flair and Dusty. You could go back to oh, yeah. you know those wars that went on for years. And and the reason why it's so significant now, um, I had some folks hitting me up about you know do we want to see Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa? I said let me explain this to you. Here's Every day, all day, twice on, twice on. You know, here's the deal. The first of all, the nuance of Johnny Gargano making the turn and not Tommaso Ciampa. That's element one. Yeah. Element two is this. Let's consider a little bit of history. Last year at Takeover New York, WrestleMania weekend was supposed to be the end of this feud with Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano battling WrestleMania weekend. It was going to be the biggest match of their lives. The injury to Tommaso Ciampa took that away. Now they are getting to do it again, this time for WrestleMania 36 weekend, take over Tampa Bay. I'm just saying this is going to be special, and you've got to know, these two, for everything they've already done with each other, it's amazing. It's amazing. You know, I, I'm going to say this. The card started, of course, with Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic, and we know the amazing stuff that they've done. That, that yeah. match was so hot. The question was, where can you go from here? <laughs> you know, like literally, it was, it was like a show where Beyonce leads. Like if Beyonce's right, leading, exactly. you can't follow that. But then you follow it with Prince, and then you follow it with Michael Jackson, and you're like, right. what have I just witnessed here? That was uh-huh. TakeOver Portland. And here's what was crazy. You know, the th- even the matches, uh, you know, that you thought was going to be the sleeper, like Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai, they killed it. It was unbelievable wow. to me. It was like, I literally thought, I- okay, this is my break after this match. Okay, I'm, I can kind of, no, no. It was amazing, man. Shout out to Triple H. I don't know if you did. You see the promo that they put out with the Broser weights, uh, where they hid in Triple H's uh, yeah. jet. Shout out for he's technically the Vince McMahon character mm-hmm. of uh, NXT, but not being involved. Right. Like right. thank God Triple H is not leading a stable, yeah. but he's still a part of it. And what I'm saying, GB, is that I've not seen this much buzz come out of a pay-per-view from WWE mm-hmm. since the last takeover. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and I think about it. Let's just remember that three weeks ago they did Worlds Collide, NXT versus NXT UK, which was amazing, right. you know. Um, right. So all of this consistent, amazing things. And let me just go on record and say we first predicted right here on The Faction several weeks ago that – Charlotte Flair would battle Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. It was the challenge that needed to happen. Now, I went on record Monday. I'm going to say it again because it's worth repeating. I think that before it's all said and done, the WrestleMania match for the NXT Women's Championship will become a triple threat match that will insert Bianca Belair. And I think it's going to be special. Bianca Belair. You know, you talk about somebody who has made all sorts of amazing changes. Bianca Belair, um, first of all, shout out to her ring attire, which she makes all by herself. Like that in itself is incredible. You know, uh, unashamedly black, um, just holding it down for the African-American athlete. And again, we've not seen anyone this uh, pro-African-American 
in a long I don't know if you can say ever like it's just special yeah and she yeah. has the and, and, she's and gifted enough to back it up WWE for letting her be that yes yes Triple H it's, gets it's it. a different yeah, yeah, but don't forget, Vince McMahon said that um, MLK Martin Luther King is his hero. Well, he he did, and and we take that with a grain of salt. I don't know that I, I'm not gonna say that I, I don't believe that, but um, you, know, you know, it's it's a sad thing. But I have to ask you: Is it Himalayan kosher or regular salt? Because we don't believe we, we that's how much of a salt we take. <laughs> exactly. Is it a salt? Bag? Is it the drug that they call salt these days? Listen, I'm pretty sure it's not kosher salt. <laughs> Is it assault? <laughs> and there's that too, right? Oh my gosh. NXT TakeOver Portland, though, absolutely special. We're excited, of course, uh, that NXT TakeOver is a part of the road to WrestleMania. And shout out to the fact that the NXT brand will be featured on WrestleMania, the main card. Uh, as, as we know, TakeOver is the big card. But when you add that to WrestleMania, WrestleMania just got upgraded. And uh, I think that's absolutely upgrade. amazing. Two Beyonce quotes in one show. Let me upgrade you. <laughs> How I don't about even that? know if you've ever said the word Beyonce on this show. Uh, we've now said it three times. <laughs> oh, I did say it thrice. <laughs> so let's see. Thrice have I said thrice it. Thrice have I said it. Um, so with that said, let's talk a bit about the return of the Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream uh, made his return two weeks ago on NXT last week. Um, of course, he had this incredible promo that involved um, the uh, very much Rick, Rick Rude esque, where he had uh, 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 God, why, why is his name escaping me now? Roderick Strong, thank you. Roderick Strong's uh, face, along with his wife and child's face, on his tights. Uh, he's gotten very personal with it. Um, it is going to be a big match tonight on NXT. Do you think that the Velveteen Dream has gone too far? Or do you think this is right up his alley and the right way to come back? Uh, th there's no other way he'd come back, man. I mean, you know, I, I was listening to the Breakfast Club uh, this morning and they were talking about our kids off limits. Uh, there are times when they are and there are times when they're not <laughs> in Velveteen Dream. He really took it there. I mean, you you know, Vel Vel Velveteen studies wrestling. Yeah. So for him to know how Rick Rude drew heat and to say, you know, how can I draw heat and not even say anything? I'm going to put things on my tights that force the world to uh, look. So he shows up. He takes it to Undisputed Era, mm -hmm. has on these brown, what I thought are like black history tights. Right. And lo and behold, in purple, Mamba purple, Prince purple, there's Velvy with this man's wife and kid on his right leg. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this, I believe the back, did the back say, call me up? It said, call me up, Marina. Mm -hmm. Man, you yeah. got you. Here's the deal. In all honesty, Tonight's wrestling match, you just have to shoot him in the parking lot. <laughs> you have to shoot him. Oh my God. I mean, he gets out of this car, you just shoot him. Oh There's God. no other choice. That's hilarious. You can't let this man walk into the ring in a squared circle wearing Kobe Bryant purple with Prince purple and his right leg is yet covered with your wife and your son. <laughs> you got to shoot him. Hilarious. Open up the show. Well, that, that, 
You, you pistol went velvet in the parking lot. You know, I was wondering, you know, and I, I don't want to jump too far ahead. Do what? Tell your son when he has to go to school the following day, and they're like, hey, I saw Velveteen Dream with your face on his right leg. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do you do? I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know. But, you know, part of me was wondering why this match did not happen on a takeover because it's takeover worthy. But then I realized, and I won't jump too far ahead, that they are combating AEW in Atlanta tonight. And uh, that's a, a heavy... Oh, very that's a heavy move. You've got, um, and I'm jumping ahead, but it's okay. Nobody knows. It makes sense. Um, you know, you're, you're talking about, first of all, a long-awaited cage match. First cage match in AEW history uh, between Cody Rhodes and Wardlow. And this is another one of the stipulations for Cody to get his match against MJF. And then you couple that with the addition of Jeff Cobb, now signed to All Elite. And he's going to take on John Moxley tonight. Yo, AEW right now is killing it. It's hot, man. Yeah. I mean, they have rolled into Atlanta. They, you, I, I hear this in sports. They say you want to peak at the right time. Yes. They have literally peaked at the right time. I agree. This all makes sense. Mm -hmm. And the changes that they've made, you know, Things were a little, a little wonky in the beginning, mm -hmm. uh, but they seem to have a plan that is seeming to work. Yeah. Tony Khan is doing such a great job on the business side. Yes. The addition of a Jeff Cobb, mm -hmm. who could have went to ROH. Well, he was an ROH. I mean, but he was a free agent though. Like he could have well, stayed. No, well, no, that's that. You're right. I mean, like he was he was in ROH. He, matter of fact, I just saw him two weeks ago at the New Japan show. So right. So he's a free. He's a hot free agent. Very hot. He shows up in AEW, and the way he shows up in AEW. Yeah. So tonight's gonna be great. I just got listen for the love of Pete, whoever he is, whoever Pete is, Cody. You don't have to kill yourself tonight. Yeah, I, you know. They're meant to be entertained. Right. You have a mark on your face mm -hmm. that He's your dad on took his back. years to get that mark. Yeah. He got well. You, you don't have to be Superman. Yeah. Just give us an entertaining match. Yeah. You don't have to leave us with a memory. Uh, what you can do is create a moment. I'm hoping that the likes of an Arn Anderson double a who knows atlanta well who knows the tempo and the cadence of an atlanta crowd that he can talk to one cody rhodes and tell him tonight is a cage match but you need to go home to your wife you need to go home to pharaoh pharaoh needs a father yeah. brandy needs a husband dustin needs a brother your mom needs a son yeah. we don't need to see a casualty tonight go in cody take care of business but don't do crazy stuff. Well, I, and I meant to send you this picture because I was at the airport yesterday, and it's amazing to me to see how big Cody and Brandy are. There's this big giant picture of Cody and Brandy Rhodes at the airport. Really? Yes, I will send the picture to you. Uh, they're also in a spot where, you know, when everybody's coming, uh, if you've ever been to the Hartsfield-Jackson Airport in Atlanta, you know that when you go to baggage claim, there's a really, really steep uh, escalator. And they have oh, this yeah. big Are giant sign. They're up there as well. 
So they're in multiple places in the airport. Cody and Brandy Rhodes are a big deal here in Atlanta. And I'm just going to tell you, for AEW to come to Atlanta, and here's what we know. They only did a big arena for Dynamite for the first show in D.C., all of the other arenas have been smaller venues, and they could have here in Atlanta, they could have gone to the Infinite Energy Center, which is a bit smaller, the Gateway Arena, which is smaller. They chose the biggest arena here, State Farm. They chose it for a reason. It's the arena that WWE runs. And I'm telling you, what they're going to do tonight, it's like this. You know, you know how it is. You travel a whole lot, and when you get to come home, you know you're going to be on oh, yeah. fire. They have something to prove here in Atlanta, and I promise you they're going to do it. This show tonight is going to be on fire. So, uh, yeah, well, it, it should be a fun I'll rating. GB, I, I never expected them to put on such a great show on the cruise. Okay. I knew the crowd would be live, yeah. but I was unsure about the product they would give us. Sure. And I feel like that weekend turned everything around. I agree. I think it was the combination of them. You know, they could have taken a week off, quite frankly. And you kind of expected them to mail it in because they're on a boat. And they'd been on the boat for a few days. But they yep. came with it with an amazing product that really marked a turnaround for AEW and uh, it's it's notable that's for sure so shout out to AEW again Wednesday nights are definitely the best night in pro wrestling AEW versus NXT you cannot lose tonight if you're watching wrestling on either channel uh, so definitely check it out uh, when we come back we're going to get into since we're talking about wrestling here in Atlanta we're going to get into the NWA the NWA uh, released a brand new show last night. We're going to talk about that. And they gave us information about the Crockett Cup. This is a big piece of news. So we're going to talk about that. WWE has released a new series as well on the WWE Network. We'll get into that. And um, is The Rock really done? We'll talk about that as well. But let's go into some more music. Here's the theme song for the Undisputed Era from CFO. This is the faction powered by Bonnerfied Radio. This is the Stroke Daddy Ricky Starks, and you know I only do it one way, and that's big. You're not listening to the faction.
the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Hey, welcome back to the faction. That was undisputed, undisputed era's theme song. Uh, they have a little less gold these days. They do. Looks like they are ten pounds of gold lighter, maybe. They, if I could say they are a great segue, <laughs> sir, into all that's happening with the NWA. Of course, the NWA uh, first brought us the series the 10 Pounds of Gold and their latest series, of course, was NWA Power. Now they've introduced a brand new series called The Circle Squared. It is their way of giving independent talent an opportunity to earn a contract with the NWA. These guys come in sight unseen. They cut a promo uh, and they have a match. And then they have a number of viewers who are able to sound off on uh, what they think of these guys. Last night, you had two tag teams that were present. One was a father-son tag team. And the other tag team, ironically, was trained by the great Nikita Koloff, which is a big, big deal. Both teams came out, had a great match had great promos, um, and again, somebody's going to win a contract to be a part of the NWA. What do you think about this concept, uh, the circle squared from the NWA? I think it's magical. I think it's incredible. I think, uh, and let, let me get this right, William Corgan, William as he Patrick, announced himself. On William Patrick Corgan, William yes. Patrick Corgan, no more Billy, is William now. Yes. Next, Tony Khan will be Anthony Khan. All <laughs> right. Will be Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Vincent Kennedy. Uh, one William Corgan gave a great video where he said, "I'm sold out three arenas." You know why? Because I do my job as an artist to stay out of the ring, right? And I want to let you decide. So he's giving the, the the people an opportunity to decide. He understands that the, the the power of NWA is not the content in the ring, but it's really the push of the people mm -hmm. as they give them what they want. What I love is that they're going to the brand new Gateway Center Arena, uh, first built in 2019. This is actually the very first piece of entertainment. It's non-concert and not a basketball game. Well, yeah, you kind of jumped ahead on me, but that's totally cool. Um, Did I really? I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was because we were going to talk about the Crockett Cup. We were just talking about the uh, circle squared. Um, initially in that concept, but since you already mentioned it, the Crockett Cup, they did announce at the end of that show where the Crockett Cup will be held. It will be held here in Atlanta at the Gateway Center Arena, which is literally down the street from uh, the Hartsville-Jackson International Airport. It is currently the home of the College Park Skyhawks, which is part of the NBA G League, and uh, it's home to the Atlanta Dream of the WNBA. It's Seats, uh, 5,000 for concerts, 3,500 for basketball. And it's funny because I had said, you know, perhaps they should take this to center stage. But they opted to go bigger than center stage. What a move. What a, a move. Huge move. And so let me ask what you think, because this will really be the largest venue that the NWA has attempted since its relaunch. Do you think? that this Gateway Center Arena is too big of a move for the NWA, or do you think it's the right move? Man, in my heart, I feel like it's the right move. William Corgan has done everything right. Mm -hmm. Me looking at a bird's eye, this is stupid, but I believe he knows something that I don't know. Okay, He knows that, that they can pack this thing out. Uh, GB, mm -hmm. 3,000 people is a lot. 
be that, but let me say this. Here's the, here's the stuff that we don't know. We're talking about what we don't know. You know, they have been doing the GPB studios uh, for all of their NWA power tapings and for their last two pay-per-views. Um, and what has happened is they've sold out in a day. So that's a big, oh. it's a big deal. Not only have they sold out in a day, but their TV tapings have all sold out and their TV tapings were for two days. So the piece of it that I'm thinking of is how much money has William Patrick Corgan had to turn away because the location yeah. was too small, you and, know? And he's probably kept, kept all those email addresses, all of oh, those yeah. phone numbers and started contacting those people uh, immediately. And Whoa. if you're going to roll into Atlanta, you're rolling with something that Atlanta knows and loves. And here's something else that I saw. This this event, this Crockett Cup, is sponsored by NWA, but it's also sponsored by the Crockett family. Yeah, so, so there's some big things to consider here. Speaking of that uh, terms of email list, the NWA has done something very, very smart. What they did, back when they announced NWA Power is they said, hey, if you want to be the first to get this information, go to our website and sign up on our email list. And they have built quite the email database of uh, folks so that, and I'm on there, so that when tickets go on sale, these folks can be first in line uh, when announcements come out, et cetera, et cetera. So they have a few things working for them. They have built this great following for NWA Power. It's seen all over the world. Um, they are not an Atlanta promotion by any stretch of the imagination. Their reach has gone far. Um, they've masked, they've been doing great a great job with their social media as well. They have had a consistent product. Now they've turned around and partnered with Ring of Honor, which is again another kind of kick in terms of uh, an audience. With an, with, a, with an arena, and this is what we also understand, and you understand this from, and forgive us guys, but you understand this from the, the idea of church planning. One of the things that they say oh, yeah. to be true is when you are in um, a transient building, you know, you're only going to get a certain crowd. But when you expand where you're going and you get to a more permanent location that's bigger, people come from out of the woodworks so i think the nwa is seeing a scenario where we've worked hard to build this audience to build this crowd to get to a point because i remember when i saw you know when i went for nwa uh 70 for the 70th anniversary it was held in the asylum in nashville you remember how big that is that's not that big at yep. all you know so right. this is a monster move and let's consider how big of a move this is you know ring of honor has not jumped in a 3500 seat venue since uh the madison square garden deal and again they had the strength of new japan with them um and even when they've been in uh larger venues they've not been able to do this i really think Jax. thanks buddy i really think i really think that the nwa could sell this place out because when people know I think they're going to yeah when people know okay i have a chance to get a ticket because listen nwa power let me tell you this from my own experience i have not been able to get a ticket to nwa power and i have wanted a ticket yeah. to nwa power you know i even had a, a bit of a hookup who couldn't get me anything because all the tickets were sold out so yeah you know to have an opportunity to be in a larger venue where people, you know, you know, you have the the, the demand for it, they're going to sell this place out, and I and I think they'll, they'll be surprised with how fast they do it. 
They're definitely going to sell it out. I think they've already started chatting with some people uh, about ticket sales. I'm reading VIPs are going for a hundred dollars. Which, which, let's think about. Uh, I just want to. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. Here's why that's no, significant. The the reason why that's significant is VIPs for NWA Power is a hundred dollars. So in my mind, I would think no, that they would be AEW tonight is a hundred dollars. No, listen, which I, I'm okay. I, I was gonna stay away from saying this, but I'm just gonna say this. I think for the NWA to sell this out, they have to price it right. Now, you remember the discussions yeah. we had when NWA Power announcement first came out, where they were talking about $100 for VIP and $30 for you know general admission. And I was like, this is an unproven product. I'm not paying $30 for that. And then they showed us yeah. the product, and we said, sure, we'll pay $30 for it. Yeah. Um, I think... The, the, the challenge that any organization has, AEW, WWE, uh, NWA, Ring of Honor, you have to price things in a way that will be affordable that people will say, yes, it's worth it. I totally agree. They If the, the people don't say it's worth it, their dollars won't say it's worth it. And if their dollars don't say it's worth it, their presence won't say it's worth it. And that's what we're looking at. Yeah. Will the people show up to fill up the gateway, the newfound gateway arena? It is and this new. is Gateway's first venture. Here's what I like that's happening in the wrestling world. It seems like they're discovering the power of partnership when it comes to venues. Yes. And the little guys are really developing some great partnerships. And that's how I believe you do it in this wrestling market and era. Well, I'll say this, you know, Gateway, interestingly enough, one of their first events was back in November. It was the uh, commission reunion tour, which came there and uh, which is a pretty significant move. But certainly, like you said, um, you know, you've got the uh, NBA dream of uh, the WNBA dream, the College Park Skyhawks. This by far is one of the biggest events to ever be at the Gateway Center Arena. And I think that, quite frankly, they're going to do very well. Now, what I can tell you is tickets go on sale February the 28th, but there's going to be a pre-sale for those uh, special folks on the NWA list, which I am, uh, on February the 27th. So I'm going to be looking out for that because I really want to be there. I want to experience the Crockett Cup live. You know, think about it. We grew up watching the Crockett Cup, and it was such a revered tournament and event and so to be able to witness this in the rebirth of the nwa and quite frankly the crockett cup this year will have more prestige than the crockett cup did last year if you remember our discussion yeah, last yeah. year last year you know yeah. they had ring of honor cml cmll new japan they had a bunch of teams most of which you know we really weren't super familiar with this year, I think they've got a different uh, a different ball of wax going. I'm sure they'll have some Ring of Honor teams, but there are some established teams in the NWA that we would want to see. And who knows who else they may grab. Plus, you've got a, a great card that's building. You now have a television champion. You have an NWA national champion. You have the NWA women's champion. You've got a legit card to bring yeah. to the Gateway Center Arena. And here's what we know about the NWA. These, All of these wrestlers right now, NWA, New Japan, uh, Ring of Honor, uh, Impact, Southern Honor, all these folks are hungry. And when you have people who are hungry, 
they're going to give you a product like you don't believe. They're they're, going to give it to you, and it's going to be magical. It's going to be magical. So remember, February 28th, tickets go on sale at the Gateway Center Arena. Uh, Again, this is going down on April the 20th, April the 19th, I'm sorry, April the 19th for the Crockett Cup. And again, it's going to be a great time of wrestling. You've got the Crockett Cup, April the 19th, um, May the 1st and 2nd. You've got the Southern Cup Invitational for Southern Honor Wrestling. Um, You know, prior to that, uh, in April, April, April the 10th, I believe, is uh, the uh, another Southern Honor card. And prior to that, March the 6th, you got another. So there's a lot of wrestling happening here in Atlanta. So uh, you might want to make a trip here to the ATL and catch some of this amazing wrestling action. One of the things that they also announced was that they are looking to partner with other um, media outlets to be able to share the pay-per-view. So not just Fight TV. Yeah, how about that? That, that's brilliant. That's, that's very brilliant. They're making, like you said before, smart business moves, which I think are, are absolutely huge. So with that, let's switch gears and move to WWE very quickly. Um, WWE, uh, no, before I go there, I want to go here. Yeah, okay, so Bray Wyatt, as we know, will be taking on Goldberg for the Universal Championship uh, at the Super Showdown card, which, by the way, the Super Showdown card is actually shaping up to be something that we might want to see. I'm kind of impressed. Yeah, Vince is actually okay. They're they're putting together a pretty solid card. But one of the things that happened on SmackDown this week is something that might be a bucket list thing. But Hulk Hogan comes on um, from uh, Tampa and his store there to talk about, uh, first of all, being inducted now a second time into the Hall of Fame, which one of these days we'll get into why there are so many two-time inductees in the hall of fame because pretty much all of the nwo will be two-time inductees um but then on top of that he was asked about goldberg versus the fiend and he really was putting goldberg over as the guy who could win and then he gets interrupted by the fiend bray wyatt bray wyatt has a conversation with hulk hogan and pretty much owns him so i want to ask you what do you think is being built before our eyes bray wyatt interacting with Goldberg, Bray Wyatt interacting with Hulk Hogan. What do you think all of this means? Uh, first off, uh, WWE, well done yes. on getting Hogan back into uh, our, uh, our, our, our eyelids and not shoving him down our throats. Yes. But actually, as, a tri- as opposed to trying to put him over, you put him under. Mm-hmm. You made him come back and and, and do the deed. Yeah. So, um, you, you know, and we, we we as wrestling fans, there's forgiveness if we see you come back and do the deed. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a shout out to Bray Wyatt. Yes, they're really trusting him as a champion. Yes, and yes. you know, all I, I still feel like the belt went on Bray three years too late. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, had they done it when he was singing, I got we got the whole world in his hands. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd have been chaos. But man, shout out to Bray, and Bray is just, and in the words of Clack, Bray is just money on the mic. Yeah, Bray, Bray. Listen, it takes a special kind. He can out the devil. Wait, say that again. He can creep out the devil. Uh, I would agree. I would agree. He he can just be creepy. Yeah. He's, he's very creepy, and again, think about this. You know, 
I'm, I hearken back to 1999, August of 1999, when there was the countdown to the millennium. And we didn't know who the millennial man would be. And in walks Chris Jericho to cut his first WWE promo with the promo king, The Rock. There are very few people who get the opportunity to work with known legends. For Bray Wyatt to interrupt the in the uninterruptible Hulk Hogan. This is a big deal, and you know we understand Hogan's misgivings and all that stuff. But he's still Hulk Hogan. He's still, still the Hulk most Hogan. recognizable figure in the history of pro wrestling. And for yep. Bray Wyatt in seven days to get interaction and interrupt Goldberg and interrupt Hulk Hogan, I think it speaks very very highly to the future of Bray Wyatt. Uh, we may end up seeing a little match here. I thought to myself, this you could know, be the setup for a Bray Wyatt Hulk Hogan match. Hogan just had another back surgery. Mm-hmm. He says he feels good. I know that uh, <laughs> that he's wanting one more run, and uh, he wants a closing match at at WrestleMania. I don't know if Bray is it. Uh, you know, I'm sure he'd find a willing foe in Ric Flair, <laughs> who would <laughs> who would show up to fight for free. Right. He, he was up to fight for uh, free food on the Taco Tuesday. Listen, and, and, and a nice drink. And a, oh, the, you had the drink beforehand. It's going to be a good match. Listen. He'll bleed off. Remember his birthday gift was being pummeled by Batista. This is true. Very true. And and dragged so, across uh, the State Farm Arena. Uh, the, you know, the, the thing is, is that Hulk Hogan was in high gear when he was interrupted. Yes, he was. Uh, like a preacher be- with so many church references today it's like a preacher being stopped uh in the middle of of high gear and then bray has the audacity to put the fire fun house in the same thing as nw remember the old nwo sold out interruptions i remember you know playing it like a guitar yeah. he's doing the hogan ear thing yeah and then he has the nerve to rip his sweater <laughs> It's, it's epic. Bray Wyatt is in a zone, man, and I love watching it, and I'm really glad that he's getting these interactions with Hogan and these legends, and uh, I just I think the way they're doing it says to me that Bray not only will be around for a while, but Bray will not get squashed by Goldberg or Hogan, to be perfectly honest. So we'll have to wait, of well, course. Well, what do you think? Or is this payback? For who? Is this years in the making? Is this something? Because when you think of Hulk Hogan, you think of but you also think of I'm a real man. Is this 30 years down the line Bray Wyatt saying you stole my daddy's theme song. That song belonged to my dad and my uncle. And I'm coming back to get payback for what you stole. That was supposed to be my daddy's iconic song. I heard it first when they wow. sent it to my dad. I sat in the kitchen and heard it first, and you stole it from my dad. It was supposed to make millions. I ate pork and beans because of you, wow. and 30 years later, I'm getting payback for my father, Mike Rotunda. Well, if they think I should be a commentator, you, sir, should be a writer. Because that was a piece of brilliant 
history that few have to see. This is why you guys have to listen to the faction because every week some gem and jewel gets dropped that leaves me going, holy cow. So, uh, yeah, we're going to check this out for sure. When we come back, we're going to talk about this new series from WWE called Ruthless Aggression. We're going to get into uh, Monday Night Raw as well. And then why exactly did The Rock visit the Performance Center? We'll get into that. But I got a bit of new music for us here on The Faction. First time we've aired this, shout out to the NXT North American champion who had an, an amazing appearance last night on WWE Backstage. Uh, here's the theme song for Keith Lee. He indeed is limitless. You've got it locked to The Faction, powered by Bonnerfied Radio. I got a lot left in the tank. What's up, guys? This is Mark here, the world's strongest man, and you're tuned in to The Faction. For he is limitless. Welcome back to the faction. This is Courtney. That was actually my theme song, Limitless by Keith Lee. That's how I feel about my keto diet. Eat as much bacon as I want. Limitless. GB. That kind of sounds like uh, the old school. uh, What was that? 
the um <laughs> oh what was that diet the atkins diet the atkins diet man i tried that yeah. for about two weeks i was so sick of eggs and bacon I was like, oh man, this is crazy. You get sick of it. I'm all. I'm already at the end of my journey with eggs, and I feel it. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely tired of it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, the um, WWE Network is very, very good for creating great content. And of course, we know at the inception they brought us one of the first series they brought us was the Monday Night War, which uh, really chronicled the uh, Attitude Era from a perspective we had not fully seen. You know, we had seen videos about the rise and fall of WCW. We had seen videos on the Attitude Era, but to see the Monday Night War from so many different sides really added another element. And I think it's one of the reasons why Clack uh, heralds the Attitude Era as being such a great era because we have had so much conversation about it. Well, what happened after the Attitude Era? Well, it was an era called the Ruthless Aggression Era, and WWE has launched a brand new series to chronicle that era. What happened after WCW was purchased by WWE and the war was over? What did it do to pro wrestling and to the WWE at large? How did they respond to all of that? And so there are currently two episodes up on the WWE Network that are very, very eye-opening and enlightening. I'm curious to see, have you had a chance to check out this series? And if so, what'd you think? You told me about it yesterday. You told me it's definitely a must-watch. I've not had a chance to dive into it yet. But when I started doing a little bit of research on it today, as I knew we were going to cover this, I was shocked. Everyone from Sports Illustrated to Uproxx to What Culture has been covering this piece. Uh, my question, GB, is, and I hate to be so controversial early. Oh, no, you do don't. they cover what in this? Well, here's the first thing. Uh, we're only two episodes in. Um, and so, like most things, they kind of start from the beginning. So the first episode really is chronicling what happened immediately after the uh, d the, the Monday Night War ended. Um, and some of the real challenges that WWE had in terms of, you know, they had done their best work when there was competition. Now that there is no competition, what do we do to kind of bring about competition? They started talking about the brand split. Uh, the first brand split between Raw and SmackDown. And uh, Vince's ability or desire to try new things. Like uh, Chuck and Billy, maybe. I remember watching Chuck and Billy and so many other things from the Ruthless Aggression. You know, many people actually think Ruthless Aggression kicks off with John Cena. But it kicked off before and then. Exactly. And so when you look at this, you'll see a lot of of things that you didn't realize happened yeah. um i I've, I've heard a lot of podcasts i've heard different views of the wwe 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 versus wcw invasion mm -hmm. but i know they're gonna put their spin on it up rocks though is saying that there's a that this whole documentary is a documentary of lies well you know first of all it's hard to call it a documentary of lies two episodes in right um i think again there are a couple of things to consider thing number one is when you go back to the monday night wars you know would the story have been told differently had wcw won would some of the same facts had come out um i think there are some things that are undeniable first and foremost there's a lot that happened 
uh, post-attitude era. You know, you had 9-11 that happened post-attitude era. You had the WWE being born as they had to drop the F um, thanks to their uh, loss of a lawsuit to the World Wildlife Fund. Um, yeah. Great promo. Get the F out of there. Was, that was brilliant. Well, and they spent some time talking about that as well uh, as WWE kept trying to find that thing. Because, you know, here's the thing. Um, it didn't immediately change. They even talked about, you know, when they talked about the invasion angle and the idea that the pressure on them for the invasion angle, that it was really supposed to be the greatest angle in wrestling history. Think about it. We had wanted to see WWE versus WCW. And, you know, for Uproxx yeah. to say it was a bunch of lies, I kind of uh, I kind of rebut that because they were not, you know, if you're going to lie about something, you're, you're going to make yourself look really good. And they did not make themselves look good at all in the idea of talking about how they failed with the invasion angle. The idea of WCW versus WWE, you know, and the idea that we'd finally get to see, you know, Goldberg and Austin or Sting and Taker. And those guys weren't part of the deal because they all had, you know, guaranteed contracts, you know, from Time Warner. Yeah, they were signed to Time Warner. Exactly. And so because of that, you know, now you end up getting, you know, Mark Jindrak. And, you know, Scott Stasiak or Sean Stasiak and, you know, some of the other Canyon and some of the other guys who were really not what you would consider the strength and the bedrock of WCW. In fact, those guys didn't show up until the invasion angle was over. You know, think about it. The invasion angle ended at Survivor Series and the next night we got Ric Flair. You know, um, yeah. and then we get into 2002, 2003, where we first see the NWO show up. And it's 2003 when we first see Goldberg show up. You know, so there are elements of this. And, that, and when was it when we saw Sting show up? 2014. That was 2014, yeah. 2014, the PG era. So, you know, there's a lot to cover here. We saw the birth of John Cena. In this, and what was interesting, which some may not think about, it was also the birth of WWE's developmental territory uh, in OVW. That was an important piece because prior to that, WWE did not have a developmental wing, and really, it was the uh, the genesis of what we uh, came to know as the Performance Center and NXT. So. There's a lot more to this than meets the eye. You know, the uh, the second episode talks about John Cena and how, uh, in, in John Cena's own words, he called his ruthless aggression run a failure because he did huh. not accomplish what he could have and should have accomplished. And to think that John Cena, you can't imagine uh, John Cena, as we know him now, almost being fired. Um, but he was, and then they kind of even ran through and it was funny because I was actually there for when the crowd started turning on John Cena. Um, that was WrestleMania 22 weekend and it started at the hall of fame and, um, they talked about that. And then I, I thought I was losing my mind inside Chicago's, uh, Rosemont horizon, uh, now known as the all state arena, um, for WrestleMania 22. Cena versus Triple H and the people were supposed to be cheering for Cena and hated his guts. Hated his hated guts. Hated his guts. It was amazing. You know, the ruthless aggression era also held the last WrestleMania inside of an arena. 
because after 22, Vince said they're all going to be in stadiums. And from there on in, you know, 23 in Ford Field, 24, of course, in Orlando, 25 at the Astrodome, 26 in Arizona and the University of Arizona, 27, um, which was where was 27? 27 was in Atlanta, right here, Atlanta, at the Georgia Dome. And then 28, which was in Miami in what is now the Hard Rock Stadium and 29, which was in New York. Uh, at uh, MetLife and 30, of course, in New Orleans and 31 in San Francisco and 32. You, you get it. 32 in Dallas, 33. Um, yeah, you, you, I mean, you guys get what I'm saying. What I'm saying is they stay true to being in stadiums. Um, and that was a big deal. 33, by the way, was in Orlando. 34 was in New Orleans. And uh, we just had 35 again in New York and 36 will be in Tampa. So the point of it is they stay true to their work in doing uh, stadium shows, but that was birthed out of what happened in the Ruthless Aggression era. Uh, d- listen, what was phenomenal about that guy said, GB just did that with no notes. <laughs> he, he, he's, a walking, he's a walking almanac. If, if, if I, I take it back, if Cornette dies, GB tag your it. <laughs> if Corny goes on to the wrestling ring in the sky, uh, wherever, wherever he's going. Uh, GB is it. Well, Good you. Lord, man. I, that was incredible. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thank you. That was And that was completely unplanned, as you well know. We did not have that on our, on our run sheet. But, uh, yeah, the point is the Ruthless Aggression era birthed quite a bit, and I don't know that we give that era the credit that it deserves. Well, that, that era came after what we now know is a historic era and it seems like somebody is trying to get back there because attitude era played with religion and i'm seeing a little religion play in current day wwe with uh said one messiah as he calls himself yeah we we're gonna get into the messiah and his first sermon which happened this past (laughs) monday night as part of Monday Night Raw. So with that said, are you ready to lead us through that good Raw recap? Is there any coincidence that the Messiah was live from the Angel of the Winds Arena? Wow. In Washington. Wow. And there they were. WWE Raw was live and kicked off with Randy Orton attacking, and I mean brutally attacking, one Matt Hardy, who that day on Instagram posted himself on a plane with a neck brace saying, I'm coming to get some payback. If that's called payback, I don't want any parts of it. Nope. He should have just had a payday and sat down somewhere. <laughs> Eat one of those little uh, bars and sit down. Alistair Black defeated Eric Rowan. Uh, Rowan's on a mission to get to AEW. I'll just put it out there. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Flair addressed NXT Women's Champion Rhea Ripley. 24-7 champ Riddick Moss defeated R-Truth and Mojo Raleigh. Drew McIntyre defeated MVP. Thank God they convinced him to dye his hair black. Shayna Baszler confronted Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch. WWE Women's Tag Champion Kyrie Sane defeated Natalya via countout. Kevin Owens and Viking Raiders crashed Seth Rollins' sermon. Ricochet defeated. I was going to go so far. I was going to say crashed a sermon like a Kojic funeral. Ricochet defeated. Paul Anderson and Kevin Owens and Viking Raiders versus the Raw Tag Team Champions Murphy and AOP. 
ended in a disqualification. GB, what did you think of Monday Night Raw? I think for the second consecutive week, Monday Night Raw has been stealing notes from AEW Dynamite. And you can't say you can't say stealing loud enough. I I, I really can't. You know, I first noticed it uh, last week. I first noticed it last week with the Shayna Baszler biting incident, which was just gory. It was just over the top. But it was, again, one of their uh, attempts to say, all right, we're going to give you some edgy programming. Yeah, yeah. And they, they, they gave that edgy programming, but but so 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 I, I'll go here. Uh, Randy Orton and Matt Hardy, mm-hmm. there was an attempt to have all of the same sobriety of Cody Rhodes being pelted with the leather strap less than 14 days prior, maybe. Let's say 10 days prior. Mm-hmm. Here's how they botched it. AEW did that and kept the focus on Cody. Right. His emotion. Right. The emotion of those that are around him with Arn Anderson, Dustin, mm-hmm. uh, Brandy, mm-hmm. so on and so forth, Bucks. Uh, then you see that there was a name that JR used for the Young Bucks. I can't remember what it was, but it was definitely intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and you saw them try that with Randy Orton commentators very quiet mm-hmm. but they kept going to these crowd shots yeah and the crowd emotion did not match the tone that was set right and in that moment right there i said guys you're dropping the ball because randy's giving listen you can't get more lifeless than matt hardy was no you really can't you can't get more lifeless yeah even i was thinking randy don't do it right right and right. i don't know what back locked room cowboy Bob Orton locked Randy in to make him so cynical to make him so evil to make him so conniving shout out second time today we've mentioned a wrestler from the golden era mm-hmm. uh, but man they, they really missed it uh, they tried and I really just wish they'd stop stealing I really wish they'd just uh, keep going and do their own thing Again, we talked about it. The pay-per-view in Saudi seems to be a good card. They're leading on the road to WrestleMania. Don't get caught up in a fight with AEW. NXT's not fighting AEW. Why are you? Raw is in competition with the Wednesday night competition, AEW. NXT's sticking to what they know. NXT's doing what they what they know they're called to do. NXT's putting out a great product every week. But Raw, we see you. There's a name for it in the hood. You're paper chasing. In the hood, we're telling you you're clout chasing. Mm-hmm. Juvenile said you a paper chaser. Got the block on fire, and I don't really know the rest, but y'all know what he means. <laughs> Raw, you got to stop paper chasing. NXT's not paper chasing. Yeah, I, I and was- right now, you're running behind AEW. And this, the scariest part of this is I said this maybe even a year ago that uh, WWE is the new WCW. When I say they mirror WCW in every way, um, they're the ones who are the cash cows now. They are the ones who are corporately owned. 
they are the ones with stock folks and uh, stockholders and um, and and advertisers to answer to. They are the ones who, as a result, have their hands tied seemingly creatively. Um, where they lack the creative ingenuity to be able to bring forth something new that would challenge. Now, here's what's amazing to me. It's amazing that WWE's Raw and SmackDown are also under the same umbrella as NXT. You would really legitimately think that they are two separate organizations, which speaks to the fact that it is all about creative. And again, Triple H at the helmet creative and his... Uh, degeneration X brothers versus Vince McMahon being the end all be all is telling and then you look at AEW who every week brings us something that we're invested in that we're interested in and let's be honest NXT has been so hot they have consistently given us hot stuff but because AEW is new and hot more people are paying attention to what's happening to NXT. It's not a sign that A to AEW. It's not a sign that NXT is bad. It's a sign that AEW is taking advantage of this newfound, you know, favor that they have. And it is something yeah. that WWE is still figuring out how to connect with. I feel like WWE is throwing stuff up against the wall, hoping that something will stick. And I hope for their hoping sake, that something sticks. Something sticks quick. Because um, I don't think that the Messiah... Here's the thing. A Messiah gimmick doesn't work with a self-professed atheist. Doesn't work. Hey, listen. He's been lying about it already. He didn't even want to call it a sermon, he said. Yeah. I mean, so I think that they've, they've got to start making sense of some of this stuff. Because if they don't, you know, it's very easy for us to turn the channel. You're not dealing with the fans who feel the loyalty to their father and grandfather's wrestling. They are loyal to what yeah. entertains them now. And WWE, yeah. listen, if the NWA is leaving GPB Studios with seats about, what, 200 people tops, and now they're going to a place yeah. that is, you know, 17, 18 times bigger, and they're looking to sell yeah. it out, You be, listen, AEW is coming in here to Atlanta tonight to sell out and do their best with that big arena. Um, there are just so many things that are happening right now. And when your NXT brand has a more exciting pay-per-view than your Raw or SmackDown brand and consistently a more exciting show, somebody's got to really rethink some things. Um, and it takes more than firing your co-presidents to really make it different. You don't need 60- and 70-year-old men um, who are running creative in this era right now you really really don't so the most uh, so the most uh, over the edge thing they can have is now Shayna Baszler cussing you know um well again yeah. they stole that from AEW AEW right now has been saying those kinds of words regularly it's a chant that they do for you know hangman page so i think they've got to be careful here's how i know courtney that it's bad I had a conversation with my dad over the weekend who dad has Uh been a long time WWE loyalist. Dad was the guy that called ECW extremely crappy wrestling. Dad was the guy who refused to watch the NWA and WCW because he said they were imposters. They were posers. They could never do great wrestling. And I got on the phone with him and he said, son, I hope that you end up at AEW. 
I love to see you wow. comment. I love to see you commentating next to Jim Ross. And then he goes on to say, now this is my dad who is who introduced me to pro wrestling. My dad who helped to create one of the old Intercontinental Championships. My dad said, I don't even watch Monday Night Raw anymore. It's too long. The concepts are boring, but AEW is killing it. I was like, who is this man? Because my dad was so pro WWE that nothing could ever change his mind. This is what when the WWE starts alienating their older fans, their younger fans Listen, don't have a chance. And, and, and you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And so your father speaks for that generation, mm-hmm. but he's also echoing what we're saying. Yes. We're saying don't fight with AEW, yeah. but at some level, the 60-year-old has to get out of creative. And I have proof. Here's my proof. I sound like clack. Here's proof. <laughs> the proof is in the fact that XFL's doing well. It is. Why? Because Vince McMahon is not trying to orchestrate it. Absolutely. He's letting the football players handle the football stuff. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I don't like about XFL is the interviewers being able to interview the players in the middle of a game. You're yeah. gonna, somebody's going to cuss and say something. Well, and, and besides, the last thing they're thinking about is being on camera. They're trying to really figure out, did that play it's go well? Correct. Exactly. So, But a shout-out to the XFL, and you're exactly right. Vince needs to just go ahead and enjoy his retirement. So with that said, we're going to get out of here. Um, what a fun show this has been. It is Zoomed by. I hope you guys have absolutely enjoyed it. We've had fun bringing it to you. Uh, here's how you can reach out to us by way of social media. Courtney. At I am Courtney Beard on Instagram, at C Major Beard on Twitter, Courtney Beard on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. And of course, you can reach me at Bonnerfied on all aforementioned platforms. Remember, make sure you're following us at Southern Honor Wrestling. A lot of big things happening there, including, of course, SHW 18 on March the 6th. You've got, uh, of course, Southern Honor, the Southern Cup Invitational happening May the 1st and 2nd. Tickets go on sale next week, February 25th. So uh, make sure you check that out and check us out on independentwrestling.tv. Uh, use the code SHW. You can get your first five days for free. You can check out the entire SHW catalog. Until next time, it's Courtney, it's Clack, it's GB, and we are the faction. 